Xtalks connects professionals in the life science, medical device, and food industries with useful content like webinars, job openings, articles, and virtual meetings to help you succeed in your career. This food industry-focused podcast brings together some of our editorial staff to share insights into the latest B2B industry news to help keep you up to date. This week on the show, we're discussing Butchcraft, a hard kombucha brand, and Voyage Foods, taking the cocoa out of chocolate, peanuts out of peanut butter, and beans out of coffee. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the X Talks Food Podcast. I'm Sydney Perlmutter, Senior Food Industry Journalist and Webinar Moderator at xtalks.com, and this week I'm joined by Aisha Rashid and Vera Kovacevic. Thanks for coming today. So I'm going to start us off with a story about a really interesting company called Voyage Foods. Now, Voyage Foods is a California-based startup that has reversed-engineered chocolate, peanut butter, and coffee, and it recently closed a $36 million Series A investment round, bringing the company's total funding to $41.8 million. So what do I mean by reverse engineered? Well, what I mean by that is they are taking the cocoa out of chocolate, the peanuts out of peanut butter, and the beans out of coffee. Um, If you're just as confused as I was, I will elaborate a little bit further on that. So this company is one of a handful of food tech startups using science to recreate popular products from other ingredients. So Voyage Foods started by researching the main molecules that make up chocolate, peanut butter, and coffee. And then it found those molecules in other food sources and combined them with additional ingredients to make finished products that are comparable to the real thing. So uh, in terms of their chocolate, which, like I said, contains no cocoa, it includes grape seeds, sunflower seed meal, sugar, shea butter, salt, and natural flavors. Now, its peanut-free peanut butter contains sunflower seeds, chickpeas, grape seed, buckwheat, and wild rice. And finally, its coffee is made entirely without coffee beans while still giving drinkers the boost that they need. So all of Voyage Foods products are ethically manufactured and free from all nine major allergens. And while the company has yet to launch any products, they intend to propel the startup from a food tech to a food consumer packaged goods player within the ethical food sector. And the first commercial product that is slated for release in the second quarter of this year is the peanut free spread. So the company is addressing some of the most pressing concerns for consumers who pay very close attention to their food products, with more than half of consumers more likely to buy products with sustainability label claims. Not to mention about 6.1 million people in the U.S. are allergic to peanuts, with peanut butter often being banned in schools, cafeterias, and public eateries. Meanwhile, the production of chocolate and coffee are both very infamous for human rights transgressions and environmental impacts. And also, coffee prices have been rising in recent years, largely due to climate change and unstable weather patterns. And cocoa production uses pretty problematic cultivation practices in the form of child and slave labor. So all of these unethical conditions that Voyage Foods is looking to remove from the food system, they're pretty widespread, um, and it's why it hopes to become a top competitor in the ethical food market. And now this is a sector of its own, with the global market for ethical foods projected to grow to seven. billion by 2025, which is a massive number that I can barely wrap my head around, at a compound annual growth rate of 5.8% as consumers demand more accountability from popular brands. 
So Voyage Foods' latest funding will give it the boost that it needs to make the leap from being an R&D company to a CPG and ingredients brand. And it plans to mix uh, retail and business-to-business partnerships with the launch of its prenup free spread online and in some retailers, followed by its cocoa-free chocolate planned for the third quarter of this year. So the chief innovation officer of USB O'Connor, which was one of the main investors during the Series A round, said... Voyage's ability to deliver true one-to-one replacements for some of the world's most important food products is a feat unmatched by most food tech companies. Compared to incumbent products, this is done at a superior cost with a significantly reduced environmental impact and has the potential to transform the food system in a way that benefits all stakeholders. So I thought this was a really interesting company. It's not the first time I've heard about um peanut-free peanut butter nor beanless coffee because our colleague Mira in the past wrote about another um, type of coffee that was lab-made and also didn't contain any um, beans. And I know about peanut-free peanut butter because at the camp that I went to, there'd always be a jar on the table for those that were allergic to peanut butter. And even though I could tell it was not the real thing, it was pretty comparable. So uh, all that to say is that this isn't necessarily you know, new technology or, um, but I think they have found a way to sort of elevate the realness of the ingredients that they claim to be, you know, simulating. So I wanted to just get your thoughts on this from sort of a science background and and really touch on, you know, these problematic uh, forms of production of chocolate and coffee and whether, you know, consumers will actually buy into this and be interested in sort of simulated foods. It it really did remind me of plant-based meat as well well um in what it's trying to do um but we we forget about these ones as well so yeah what are your thoughts on this um wanted to ask you like so with the peanut free peanut butter for example is is voyage foods probably one of the first ones who are doing it for like a sustainability reason not for like an allergy reason yeah, that's a great question. And I, 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 well, I can't speculate. I'm pretty sure that is the case because um, just because of the other um, foods that, that it is trying to simulate, like the coffee and the chocolate as well. Um, so yeah, I would say that it, it's really focusing on on the sustainability side of it and the the ethical side of things. Um, while also uh, it, it's it also benefits those who are allergic to peanut butter. Um, so yeah, I think it's kind of a, a double whammy there. Yeah, this is <clears throat> honestly extremely interesting and I'm just like flabbergasted every week by the stories that you bring to us Sydney in terms of you know the food tech and where things are going and and you know Sydney you're right like it does remind me also about like lab-grown meat and um, products like that as well so this is really really interesting I'd be very interested to learn more about um the ingredients that are going into this and how they're able to emulate and replicate the real thing. So um, I'd be very interested to, to knowing more about like the actual food tech. And I think probably a lot of those are, you know, trade secrets and proprietary um, technologies slash ingredients and things like that. But uh, very, very interesting. And I think, you know, coming at it from a sustainability aspect, um, they're targeting coffee and chocolate, which is like, which are, um, you know, two crops that uh, cocoa and uh, the coffee bean, which are so, um, you know, environmentally destructive because they're so 
uh, their high intensive crops. And uh, so it's really great that they targeted things like um, these products. And um, I think from a consumer perspective, there will definitely be interest initially to be like, oh, hey, let's try this out. But I can't help but think that there might be some skepticism as well, because people might question, well, what exactly is in this if it isn't real coffee, if it isn't real, you know, uh, cocoa and it's not real chocolate, then like, what is it? Right. And I don't know if how much um, the company is going to disclose of that. They'll have an ingredient list, but like it just seems like. I don't know, they'll probably be using starches, potato starches and things like that. But again, it's not natural, right? So Mm -hmm. that's another thing as well, because people are more interested in um, or, you know, there is a segment of people that are more interested in eating foods as they're intended to be or found in nature, right? So here you're coming up with a concoction of like artificially made ingredients and products. So that could be uh, something that that might... um, make consumers hesitant but i think it's just exciting like what um is happening in food tech right now and it's 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 crazy and exciting <laughs> yeah you brought up some excellent points I, I definitely agree with you um that there will be some consumer skepticism probably from you know older generations i think we see mm-hmm. a lot of younger the younger generation being a lot more um you know their purchasing habits are are really based more on sustainability and how friendly they are to the environment, both in their production and maybe their packaging as well. Um, But what I will say that I think we often forget is that even foods like chocolate and coffee go through a lot of, you know, processing, processing from from the point where they're picked to the point where you're they're in your mouth. So (laughs) they they're 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 highly processed products and, and not to say that they're unnatural, but they do go through a lot. Um, during the process of being turned into consumer packaged goods. So I think what If Voyage Foods can do is just still be using natural ingredients, but just say, um, you know, we're trying to simulate peanut butter, coffee, and chocolate. I think maybe there would be a little bit less skepticism on the point of that, you know, it's it's not natural. Um, maybe, you know, coffee-flavored beverage and peanut free spread and um you know if if you're if you're not claiming that it is the thing i think um it's a little more genuine rather than claiming we have we're transforming this product into something new like yeah we're, we're very used to what we're used to and i totally understand that um but i think if they can do a decent enough job at simulating the products that they um are putting out then i see no reason to try them and even if i like them enough make the switch entirely um but i could see them being uh, a little expensive when they come out at Mm. first as as these novelty products tend to be yeah definitely and the other thing you know i'm thinking is well if it how they're gonna market and brand it like if it's a peanut butter spread without peanuts like can you really call it a peanut butter spread? <laughs> so it's yeah, like, I think they'll be calling know? it the peanut-free spread. Peanut-free, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And from the photos, I mean, they all look like the real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the coffee was really the only one that they actually didn't say what ingredients were in mm-hmm. it, whereas the other ones they they did. But I oh, okay. truly have no mm-hmm. idea what, what would be in the coffee if there aren't any beans. Huh. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, but I think there is still caffeine uh, in it, so... To some, I think that's that's the most important thing. Exactly, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Any 
Anyway, moving on to a different story about a hard kombucha company called Boochcraft. So it claims to be America's favorite hard kombucha brand, and it recently became a certified benefit corporation, or B Corp, which if you don't know, is a label awarded to companies that voluntarily meet high social and environmental performance standards. So Boochcraft is the first hard kombucha brand to achieve B Corp status, and it will join more than 4,000 B Corps across more than 70 countries countries and 150 industries. So Adam Heiner, Boochcraft co-founder said, we have been at it for six years now selling hard kombucha and over eight years since we first had the idea to start Boochcraft. Many things have changed since those early days, but one thing that remains true, our commitment to doing better for the planet, giving back to the community and doing business in a sustainable way. So this actually relates a lot more to the, the previous story than I thought it would. Um, but if you're wondering how the company actually meets these high standards for social and environmental performance, well, all of its fruit scraps are used to make Boochcraft. They're compostable and it produces over 1 million pounds of compost annually. And any fruit that is unused is donated to feed people who are food insecure. And to save water during production, the company uses a water recapture loop. So the water is constantly being reused. Now, additionally, all scope one and scope two emissions are tracked and offset by the hard kombucha maker, making Boochcraft's manufacturing plant a net zero emissions facility. And the company has also implemented an environmental management system with the goal of continuing to reduce waste streams. So aside from positive environmental practices, Boochcraft has established a healthy and financially supportive workplace by committing to pay all employees 25% above set minimum wage. And it also launched a 401k with matching plans, added eight more days of paid and sick holiday days, and started an employee engagement survey. So founded in 2016, the San Diego, California-based brand ignited a brand new industry of better-for-you alcoholic beverages in the form of hard kombucha. The company uses whole organic fruits in-house at its butchery uh, in Chula Vista, California, uh, to create gluten-free, unpasteurized, vegan alcoholic drinks with 7% alcohol by volume. So Boochcraft became a pioneer in this now booming hard kombucha market as consumers began stepping away from hard seltzers in search for a healthier alternative. So while kombuchas are relatively new to U.S. drinkers, the fermented tea has been around for as long as 2,000 years and has been growing in popularity for the last decade. So if you didn't know how kombucha was made, it's typically made by mixing ingredients like yeast, bacteria, sugar, and tea um, and letting this mixture rest in a warm environment for a few weeks. And now all kombucha actually contains a small amount of alcohol. And I was reading that on average, it's like 0.5%. Uh, so very little, but hard kombucha generally adds in a few extra weeks of fermentation, as well as different amounts of added sugar and different yeast for an alcohol beverage volume of between 4 and 7%. Now, the global hard kombucha market reached 55.45 million in 2018, and it's expected to reach over 1 billion by 2026 at a compound annual growth rate of over 42%. Not to mention, sales of kombucha represented 10% of all refreshment beverage sales in 2018, with sales up 21% from the previous year. And while Boochcraft is a leader in the market, there it has a few competitors, including Juneshine, Kombucha, and Wild Tonic. 
So this is kind of interesting because, uh, you know, like Voyage Foods that we were just talking about, this company really focuses on sustainability um, and treating its its employees well. but it's also a very niche product as well, being not only a kombucha, but also an alcoholic kombucha. So yeah, I just wanted to get your thoughts on this company. I think what they're doing is is fantastic. And like we were saying, since a lot of consumers really appreciate um, things like this and it being a B Corp, um, I think this is how it plans to set it apart from, from its competitors. And it was also one of the first in the space as well. Um, so yeah, what do you think about this? Yeah, I really like the fact that, you know, they're so um, socially environmentally conscious enough that they were, you know, awarded this um, B Corp certificate or label. So I think that, yeah, like you said, that will really um, help um, them, you know, set them apart from uh, their competitors. And I think, you know, especially like with the ingredients that they're using, um, you know, the different fruits and and things like that. So I think it's really important to have that environmentally sustainable, sorry, to have that environmental sustainability uh, component in that um, because fruit can be very energy intensive and have uh, quite a significant impact on the environment. So I think, yeah, I think it's a very... um, a very cool company and what they're doing and um i yeah i'd just be interested to see how they uh fare in the market going forward so they do have they're already in the market right mm-hmm. and, yeah okay, so they have yeah. uh, and they have like a couple of different flavors and um yeah it's vegan it's gluten-free so it caters to all types of uh consumers so i think that's uh yeah really cool yeah, but um, Sydney, I've never tried kombucha, and I didn't exactly Neither have I. know what it I know. is exactly. I knew it was something with yeast, so thank you so much for explaining like how it's made. Yes, thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. and like, what's the difference between you know normal kombucha and hard kombucha? Because I really didn't know. Actually, I don't think many people have tried it, but I was really surprised that it was 10% of all refreshment beverage sales um, just like four years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people absolutely love it. And I have tried kombucha before, not hard kombucha. Um, I got to say, not a huge fan. Mm. It is very, um, it just tastes like it's been fermented Fermented, and and not in a good way. (laughs) I I have very, you know, I'm not a trusted, uh, you know, food critic. So don't take my word (laughs) for it. If you want to try it, I still recommend trying it. Um, But I think... As opposed to its taste, its big draw is its, um, you know, benefits for your gut health. I think Mm -hmm. it's, I think people really um, enjoy drinking things that are functional um, and help them, you know, with digestion and things like that. So um, I guess it's, I guess you could call it a functional alcoholic beverage in that it functions to, (laughs) uh, you know, help your gut and also maybe make you a little happier so <laughs> it kind of is doing uh, two things at once but yeah it's a it's a pretty niche market um but yeah I, I think since they were kind of one of the first to to do what they do it's it's a huge benefit for them um and now to score this b corp status is is even better All right, well, that is the end of this episode of the X Talks Food Podcast. If you like today's show, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks, everyone, and see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Thanks for listening to the X Talks Food Industry Podcast. If you enjoyed our discussions today, please share the episode with your friends and colleagues and be sure to subscribe in order to be notified when a new episode is released. To join in on the discussion, you can find X Talks on social media, email podcast at xtalks.com or comment on the articles directly. Links are in the show description. Take a moment to join our community at xtalks.com to get access to everything we have to offer, including webinars, job listings, virtual meetings, articles, and more. The views and opinions expressed in the podcast are those of the speakers sharing them. They should not be taken as professional advice and do not necessarily reflect the policy or position Honeycomb Worldwide. For further information, email us at podcast at xtalks.com. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week.